At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. Your local, the everything you need to be unstoppable store. The UPS store. Be unstoppable. The UPS store locations are independently owned. Product services, pricing, and hours may vary. See center for details. Homegrown Radio, Chuck Dizzle, DJ Head, West man. Coast. We got uh, a, a homie, uh, an original homegrown homie, man. This dude, we've this seen. This is before that. Yeah, <laughs> before we was even dubbing people uh, homegrown homies, he was with Dove CNN, man. I just remember, you know, admiring a lot of the work that he did. He came and visited us. One of the, like, one of the only cats that's pulled up to uh, La Moly, you know what I'm saying? Your apartment. My apartment. Yeah, you were in the cast. Radio. Yeah, DJ Head was in the cast. He just reminded me off air. Um, doing a lot of great things now, working for Empire and the official title we'll talk about in a second. We got Nima in the building with us back at yeah. it, man. What's going on, bro? Man, thank you for having me. Good to see you again, man. You know, you're probably the first person to ever interview me and I haven't really done many interviews, but you called me, so I had man, to come I, back. Man, I, I really appreciate that. You coming straight from the Rock Nation brunch, though, bro. <laughs> right, yeah, suited and, and booted. <laughs> you, you got, we, we was looking at pictures before you stepped in here. There was somebody did the little Diddy crop on you, huh? Man, somebody took a picture. It's Jay-Z, Diddy, and Nipsey, and like, a quarter of my face. <laughs> yeah, a quarter piece of nitty. Diddy cropped your ass, huh? Diddy cropped. Like, who was that nigga? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Cropped him like, Fuck all that. Like, some publishers made the call. Right. Like, <laughs> we, we, we need this for an Instagram post. It's not going to work out. Nima, man, what, give, give, give us the official uh, title. Because the last time I, I remember was VP Operations. Is yeah, it? I mean, it's, it's it's still that. VP Operations, COO, second in charge. You know, Gazi's Batman. I'm Robin. You know, my, my big bro, mentor. You know, we've been working together. So, how many years have you been with Empire now? Since it started, I mean, I I first uh, met Gazi when he was at a company called Ingrooves mm -hmm. in like two thousand eight, two thousand nine, mm -hmm. and I worked with him there a little bit. And then he told me he was going to start Empire, and I was living in Germany. Right, right. And I uh, just packed my shit and moved out, and got up and got out. Yeah. So okay. So hold on. Because I, I remember when, when you were doing Dub CNN, obviously you were out in Germany and you were, you know, coming back, doing interviews, doing right. events, hit left and right. And even when you came out to see us, you, right. you had jumped on. That's you, when I just moved. That's literally when I just moved word. out. Okay. Here. Okay. Yeah. So, um, what I was going to say was when you, you just packed your shit and moved out here. I mean, I was back and forth for a while. Um, I started coming out here in 2004, um, you know. I was just a, I was just a kid that was passionate about music, and it just so happened that I just dove deep into West Coast music. West and, Coast. What What was it about that? What What was the passion like? Was it a specific passion about West Coast hip hop, or you just loved? It was just West Coast. It was just it was specifically West Coast rap. It's funny because at the time it didn't seem weird to me. I was like, yeah, this is the shit that I like. Right. This is what I'm into. But now, you know, I'm 31, and I look back at 14, 13, 14 year old me. Like what the fuck was wrong with this kid <laughs> in Germany who became so interested and into this culture that he dove into it so deeply that it became a big part of his life. And then 
the West Coast is what you know West welcomed Coast. me here and took me of in. I, my, my my America experience wasn't the typical experience that you know a, a kid from overseas has when they come out here. People come out here, go you know see Hollywood Boardwalk, right? And, Statue of you know, Liberty, Statue or something. Of Liberty. Right, right. And you know, I I I came and really honestly, rappers is who took me in. I bounced around couches and everybody welcomed me with open arms. And the people that I used to look up to and listen to, you know, became my peers and a part of my life. When you when you moved out here, you said you hit couch. You was just couch hopping. I mean, I, I fir first time I came out here, I was sixteen, um, and Dep CNN at the time was it was a West Coast hip hop website that was started when I was fourteen out there, and we were just writing about music, mm -hmm. writing about albums coming out, started interviewing artists, and I didn't know nothing about being a journalist or anything like that, so I was just asking questions that I wanted to know. Mm -hmm. It was a you know message board on the internet kids from all over yeah kids from all over the world talking about music this is before social media yeah so having access to artists was a big deal because mm -hmm. artists didn't have an outlet to talk to people yet this is before myspace before right. youtube before facebook before all of that definitely before instagram so you know me being on the phone with corrupt for five minutes and hearing that he's working on a new album and posting about it that was a big deal because people didn't have any way to get that information and i think me being overseas in a way helped the site become what it was because i wasn't i wasn't aware of what was happening in mainstream america mm. i everything that was hot in the mainstream i didn't even care about that i like yeah. what i like i like i grew up on g-funk i grew up on west coast rap and that's what i wanted to write about and to me corrupt and daz and warren g and battle cat and these guys were the biggest thing in the world yeah and there happened to be a big niche of fans who wanted to be super served with information about those artists because they weren't getting it elsewhere because they weren't mainstream artists at that at that time right so you know, me sitting down with MC8 or, you know, people like that for hours and talking to them about their albums, that didn't matter to mainstream America, but there was this huge underground base of fans who became really, really entrenched in the website, and it, it got really big at the time. Yeah, I mean, we hear from artists all the time. When they come here, they say, look, our, our international followers are, are insane. It's crazy, mm -hmm. you know, right. and... and it goes to show like there is an audience for you. And that's one piece of advice that we always tell people is like, yo, find your audience. It doesn't have to be mainstream America. It doesn't have to be in your specific city. Of course, build where you can, but there's other people willing in the internet and social media now has been, it's obviously proven that, but you're oh, saying yeah. like there, there was a, a hub for it. But there. I didn't know that's what I was doing at yeah. the time. So to me, it's like the first time Daz put me on the phone with Corrupt, I was starstruck like I was talking to yeah, Michael Jackson yeah, yeah. or right, something right. because that that was like <laughs> that was I had his poster on my right. wall. I listened to his, it might have been 2004, but I was listening to his, of course, to, like to, to Streets as a Mother from 99 yeah. every day like it just came out. Yeah. So I think in a, in a weird way, that is what allowed me to build a presence in the artist community out here because they saw this kid from overseas who knows so much about this stuff and when i came out i was staying in the hotel at first i was staying in the motel six off hollywood boulevard Crazy. um and first of all you tripping because that shit high I, the I, rates them rates per night on hollywood boulevard stupid i didn't know yeah. i didn't know what i was yeah, doing I, I, just, I just i just i just got you got a little melanin in your skin that shit ain't i didn't know us. what i was doing i just came out and then um a couple weeks later i ran into uh frank nitty 
from Long Beach. Shout who, to Frank. You know, he he he's a hustler. He's always been around, and he met me, and he was like, "Yo, I, I fuck with you. F fuck a hotel. Just come come mm. stay with me." And then I was hanging out with him and Badass and Daz and all these guys who genuinely just showed me a lot of love and looked out for me. And, you know, I was 16, 17 years old and I started being around a lot of shit that I never would have had the opportunity to be around if that didn't happen. And also I was young, so I was naive enough to put myself in those situations. As a grown ass man, you're not going to go sleep right, on right. someone's couch. Right. You know what I mean? Like I, I would do that, that chance, right. now. But I, I was a kid. I, I felt like I felt like a kid who came and got to see his favorite like action movies in real life Word. you know like i grew up i came out to la and i already knew neighborhoods i knew streets right. i knew i knew crenshaw and slauson i knew i wanted to go to the vip record store mm -hmm. in long beach i knew like all these things that almost like the the music had been a soundtrack to my life for right. so long and then those same people really took me in so you know I, i'm forever grateful to the culture hip-hop culture black people in LA specifically yeah. Yeah. for taking me in and allowing me to be a part of it and now being able to drive th their culture and 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 really just um help the economy of music you you were you said Germany right yeah so you're full no I'm Persian I'm not I'm not German I we we were war refugees from Iran. We left Iran in, in the 80s and moved to Germany because my dad had two sisters who were already out there. So I, I grew up, but yeah, I grew up in Germany. Damn, damn. Okay, because yeah, I always wondered about that. And so, okay, I want to fast forward a little bit. So you, Gazi, hit, he hit you up and told you that he was going to start his own label called Empire. Well, I'm, the way I'm, I met Gazi through Daz, Daz Dillinger. I was in school. I was, I had to go do an internship, and you know, I knew a lot of people at labels through Dub CNN, and I was going to do go do an internship at Warner, and I already had it locked in and everything. And then I was taught, I was on Skype with Daz one day, just shooting the shit and he was like should go talk to my man Gazi in the bay he'd be doing my distribution he does wow. dope shit he's he's cool so that i listened to that so yeah, you yeah. know that, like, that so i i, I called i called him and he knew who i Gazi knew who i was mm -hmm. he used to make music and he told me he used to send me his music to get on dubsy and i wouldn't <laughs> i didn't respond to him Fuck here. yeah Gazi Gazi came from the kind of came from the music side he produced he rapped Gazi had he might kill me for this, but he has a whole album with Messi Marv that never came out. He wow. has a whole album with Planet Asia. He got he got records. He Damn. Got, so, yeah. so at that point, was he was he salty? Like, yeah, yeah, I, I remember you. We, nah, we tried to do some was, things and it didn't work out. Nah, he so was open arms. cool. It was him, and then he had a, a guy Abe that worked with him over there, and you know they guys. He, it was a it was a real short conversation. He knew who I was. I told him I was need uh, need of an internship, and he was like, "Come out, mm -hmm. just hit me when you're here." And then I didn't talk to him until I landed. And then we like, just I'm here. clicked. And yes. then we, we, we clicked. We realized we had a lot of people in common. Mm -hmm. We knew a lot of the same people. We liked a lot of the same stuff. He was solid. And, you know, we just started rocking out. So when you say started rocking out, like, because this, this wasn't a thing yet. No. Like, Empire wasn't a thing yet. So that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, what happened? I mean, the brainchild is is definitely... Gazi, Gazi's a visionary. Gazi is somebody who, over the course of his life, has uh, garnered experiences in different aspects of the music industry. So he was an artist himself. He was an engineer. He mixed and mastered hundreds of albums that came out of the Bay Area. He's produced. He's rapped. 
he worked in the Silicon Valley uh, in the early 2000s at um, Audio Audio Highway, which was like early streaming company before wow. people had broadband, before it became a thing. So he already knew about that stuff. He knew he 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 knows technology and computers and and all of that. And he spent most of his life working with rappers that were neighborhood superstars, but were still selling dope or pimping and not getting paid off their records. Mm -hmm. So he started to read their contracts to figure out what was going on. So he would start reading people's contracts and then understanding, you know, what, what, how these things are structured, what's in advance, what's recoupment, how do royalties work, and really getting an understanding of, you know, these artists signing bad deals and then wondering why they're not getting paid because all you get is your advance. And then the way the deals are structured traditionally, you're not going to, you're not going to recoup. Mm -hmm. So he, you know, when me and him, and I spend my whole like my whole teenage years talking to artists who hated their labels. Right. And I was like, damn, no one likes their label. Mm -hmm. Right, right. This is crazy. Like, because when I was growing up, like the idea of like in the 90s, like Def Jam and all these companies, these brands where it was like people were proud of their label. They repped right, it. And right. I was like, no one, no one likes their label. It's always the bad guy. It's like a bank that just gives you an expensive loan. Mm -hmm. And I was like, how, you know, when we had the chance to do it differently, we never had, in the beginning, it wasn't about becoming as big as possible or, having hits or anything like that it was just about creating something for for the artist community specifically on the west coast he knew all of the bay area artists mm. i knew a lot of the artists from la and that's how it started the first label i signed up for distribution was tde because i knew j-rock but j-rock was on strange music at yeah, the time yeah, yeah. and he was like yeah i can't i can't drop nothing but you know the little homie k dot he's changing his name and he's gonna have a tape i called Gazi. i was like it's not j-rock but you know, K Dot, he's he's dope. Yeah, but like, like <laughs> he's changing that, his it's, name. It's weird to think yeah. about it like that to try to convince somebody. Then, like, well, yeah. no, no J Rock's not available right now, but yeah, but K Dot or this guy Kendrick is available. Yeah, and Gazi was like, for sure, it's and good. Let's was do this it. Section eighty? No, it was overly dedicated. Oh, okay, okay, the one. So, because yeah. he had dropped the little Kendrick Lamar EP, EP right, yeah. right, right, and then, but that one never got sold. It was right. just out on the blogs and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And then when he was going to do overly dedicated. um that's that's the first one that we put on iTunes for them, and then I think it charted like number four on the hip hop chart, which wow. isn't an insane number because at the time iTunes was still like growing and stuff. But it was just like, oh shit, this is like this is real. Like, right, these people are buying this stuff. Yeah, and then you know the conversations with with, with Top, we did Schoolboy's first project, Absol's first project, and then we did Section Eighty, and then they did the Interscope situation. And all so. That. Okay, so I'm glad that you you went went there because that's like a lot like our story, mm -hmm. all, our all three of us, our story kind of meshes around that mm -hmm. yeah. that whole era, right? Yeah, it does. So when y'all put out Section 80, did y'all already know what that was gonna be? I mean, I think by the time Section 80 was coming around, that was after Overly Dedicated and the buzz was building. Like I I knew it was gonna go number one on iTunes when it comes out. Obviously, I didn't know Kendrick was going to go to become right. like one of the greatest artists of his generation, but um, I just knew he was really fucking good. Like, he was really good. You know, he was good in a way that transcended just a good rapper. He had, he, I could just tell from the people around me that would hit me up about him that didn't even necessarily listen to the shit that I listened to. They're mm -hmm. like, oh, that, that guy is special. And, you know, it was a whole generation around him. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I met you through Glasses Malone. Yep. Um, and, you know, that all, all of those artists around it, Glasses and Problem, uh, Terrace Martin, Bad Luck. Everybody. You know, all, yeah. all, all of those guys. It was, it was an exciting era because a lot of those artists were born off that, like, 
generation that was on the blogs and the and and, and the websites like like Dub CNN that gave him a platform when MTV or BET or whoever didn't give a fuck about right. West Coast artists and didn't and care about that. That's what we that. just yeah. homegrown. And that's what homegrown radio was. You guys, you guys would let you know artists. Dom Kennedy would come on and spit a freestyle or whatever, like the app soul, like these people who ne didn't necessarily have the platform outside of that. We built a new platform. Yeah. Now, so, what I wanted to know too is you said that that Gazi had the Bay mm -hmm. and you had more or less LA, right? Um, the Bay is known for independence, like that's that's their backbone. LA not so much. So mm -hmm. for when, when this TDE situation worked, was it something where at that point it's like okay, we can do more things, like reach out to more artists and situations? Was it more of a thing at that point? Because when when you do that, nobody at that point it wasn't distributed by Empire. It wasn't mm -hmm. really blasted like that. Yeah, like no, it we're is in now. the background. Yeah, we you were in, in the background. background. We were definitely in the back. I think most of what helped us grow was word of mouth and actually paying people. Like, right. what I heard most is people saying, yo, I heard you guys actually, like, pay hey. on time and pick up the phone. And, you know, in, 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 in the music industry, unfortunately, that goes a long way because people aren't used to that. Like, yeah. people aren't going to pay you until you chase them, chase them, chase them. And Gazi, the way he's built, like, he'll chase somebody to pay them. Like, there's been artists who get locked up, come out three years later. Guys, he's the first one to pick up the phone and say, I got a check for it. Right, come on. You know, like, so, you know, putting money on people's books that are in jail if their royalties can't go, can't go through. Like, you wow. know, he, he, cause, cause we, we come from the art, the artist side. I was never an artist, but like, I, I got into this cause I wanted to be close to the music and close to the artist. Yeah. And, and he was, he was the same way. So I think, ironically, I think LA, even though that's like what I really grew up on, it's probably the region that we have the least artists from. Um, if you look at it, in the, a lot of it's the Bay Area, yeah, yeah. Atlanta, Memphis, Miami, New York, LA. We definitely had a lot of success in LA too, but LA some, sometimes still has that mentality of you got to go and get signed. Mm. You know, so it's. I was gonna ask you, why is that though? Is it? Is it? Do you feel like the opportunities are being presented like it should be, or is it just? them or the the representation out here of like nah we want to do it the other way around and kind of going somewhere else to make it happen. i don't i don't know i don't know if i have a exact explanation for it i mean we've had a lot of success with i mean we did all the pro all the problem stuff when the like what record came mm -hmm. out and all that and i remember at the beginning it was a educational process to explaining to you know his his team like what what it means to actually put some out independently and work it but you know, um, I think LA is having a resurgence right now, and it's mm -hmm. exciting. And a lot of those guys are are independent, so mm -hmm. it's it's dope. I'm actually excited about what's going on in LA right now. I, now I remember. I mean, this may be a, a rumor, um, but I remember hearing a rumor that there was a there was a um, a TDE uh, merger or situation. Like, what were you guys in talks of ever doing something like that? No. no. No, we we did we still distribute the TDE stuff that we put out, and we got a good relationship. But no, I'm not, okay. I'm not aware of anything like that. Now I want to talk about uh, you personally. Like you said, you come from b being a fan, right? Have you ever have you ever because it's happened to me, and I know it's probably happened to you. Have you ever come across people that you were fan of, and it's like it was disappointing experience? Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, everybody's a human being, and artists are human beings too. So what I enjoyed in somebody's music might not be reflected in someone's personality yeah. so you know some you know some people especially like yeah it, it happens i can't i can't talk about it specifically <laughs> obviously like, nah, but yeah. 
you know, it, it definitely it definitely happens. But I think I'm pretty good at keeping that separate. You know, I don't I don't mind working with people that I might not personally want to hang out with. Like if it's if it's business, business it's, right. it's cool. I might not enjoy picking up their call as much as I might enjoy picking up someone else's call mm -hmm. that I'm like personal friends with too. But at the end of the day, like I'm I separate that. I separate that shit. Now yeah. I do want to talk about uh with obviously what this year is sixteen years since the Get Rich or Die Trying came out, right? Yeah. And I was reading on, on Twitter, man, you actually interviewed fifty right before the album came out, yeah. man. Fifteen years old. Yeah, he was shooting the in the club video. And I don't think he knew how old I was. It's funny because I still have the audio recording from the interview and I have like a, a accent when I speak and my voice is right, still like right, kind of right. cracking and stuff like that. But yeah, I didn't, that was, that was random when Dubsian had just started a few months earlier and we just went and interviewed, I mean, emailed all the labels out there that we found emails for and introduced ourselves and got an email getting, getting responses back i mean i got yeah somehow but ended saying, up like, on this mailing like that, list that, yeah that, i mean i got an email saying hey we're developing a new artist under wow. interscope his name is 50 cent i already knew all about him right. at the time because i knew he had signed to dre and mm -hmm. stuff like that but yeah we interviewed him and that and then i remember uh 50cent.com launched a website right when the album dropped and that interview was the first thing on the website crazy and that i think definitely definitely helped um, that and then like our first Snoop Dogg interview and stuff. I think I think Snoop Dogg played a huge part in oh, yeah. a lot of things that have happened in my life, some in some shape or form. That, that was one of your drops for the longest, but nigga Nima. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Snoop, Snoop Snoop is just that dude, man. Like he, you know, I I grew up. A lot of the music that I listen to is somehow connected to his family tree. Mm -hmm. You know, um, everybody that he's been affiliated with in some some sort of fashion and i had you know i posted all over my walls i went to i took train for six hours to go see him in concert and things like that and for him to really take a liking to to me and to the website and to give us interviews and just spend a lot of time you know promoting us and things like that was really big and then when it got time for me to move out here mm -hmm. um when I was trying to get a visa, he he wrote a recommendation letter to the U.S. Embassy oh, for, me to, yeah, for me to, well, he signed it. But still, um, that, that has we, an we, impact. We, we, we wrote it, right, you know, right. but he agreed, he agreed, agreed to sign off on it. And, and Too Short did too, so, so Snoop and Too Short uh, <laughs> signed off on letters for me to give my, my green card that's and crazy. That's, move that, out here. That don't, that don't, that's not, that's not like normal. You know that, mm -hmm. right? That's why I'm saying Snoop. Snoop's just that dude, man. I mean, short, short too. Short had the really close relationship with Gazi, and Gazi put that together. But for Snoop, it was just. And then later we signed him to Empire, and we right. put out the Never Left project yeah. and the things he's done. I'm actually headed to the studio later tonight to hear the new album. So, the 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 Snoop story to me is like a, in, in a nutshell, like how 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 crazy shit can be as yeah. growing up and just, you know, idolize not idolize not idolizing you want to be somebody, mm. but just really now he's definitely a lot of, of admiration the, for someone he's definitely an icon that everybody in one way shape or form you look up to him for for whatever reason you know what he's I mean? aged so gracefully he's in become like you know he he's i'm 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 super proud of everything that he's been able to do the way he's a family man the way he he's with his children everything like yeah. he's snoops the man so you so now the empire is up and running and shit like that what was the goal like obviously to be be good to your artists mm -hmm. right pay people on time but what's the goal for empire when y'all like starting this shit up or getting it going um i think a lot of people would say we're on our way to being the fourth major label um 
I don't like the implication of that because I think when we say major label, it sounds like politics and, you know, big buildings and uh, a lot a lot of that stuff. But I think as far as being a company that isn't missing a step from any other other big guys out there where mm -hmm. we can take a record like like Tiger's taste record and slam dunk it like any other. Like if, if you don't know that that's an independent record, right. you don't think that it's an independent, independent right. record, yeah. right? We have step by step gradually evolved the company and added all the different pieces to the puzzle. And a lot of the things that independents usually fell short of, we've tried to do. I mean, the first thing was radio, right? Mm -hmm. Usually that, traditionally that's the difference between an indie and a major. An indie, you can get a hot record, you can build it up culturally, whatever, whatever. But usually when it comes to radio, it's different because radio is very antiquated in the way that it it works like right. you know people you have to activate everybody all at once and it's not like a song is dope and it can just get added right you know I mean, you might get some mix show play but actually get an ad and stay in there and to understand the politics behind it and yeah. you know politics between different radio stations in the mm -hmm. same city politics well, what what's 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 uh radio one what's iheart what are all these different things it's very complicated right, right. Um, and it's very expensive, mm -hmm. but you know, I think Gazi at the time when he, the first record that we took to radio was Love Rants, uh, beat, the, beat it up. Yeah. And then, um, Sage the Gemini, Gas Pedal and Red Nose. And a lot of those guys he financed himself where he was like, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just I can't take, put it on I'm my back gonna, and I'm go. Gonna a, I'm gonna take a risk. Yeah. Brian Sampson was the first radio person to really believe in us. And we just randomly ran into him at KMEL one day and Gazi played him the record and he was like. This is, this is dope and slowly building the team and now our, our head of urban radio is it's Morris Landy who ran Atlantic's urban radio for years um, rhythm radio is Brian and Troy Marshall and their their team and you know people who have years and years of experience who traditionally have worked major label records and so you know adding these different pieces to the puzzle and now really making records so now um, we're opening a creative facility in San Francisco dope. Uh, we're recording studios, creative spaces, a whole apartment. Like it's 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 really dope. And um, we hired Tina Davis as the head of A and R. Nice. And <clears throat> Tina Davis ran Def Jam's A and R yeah. in the '90s, and then she discovered Chris Brown and managed him most of his career. So we're adding heavyweights, yeah, yeah, um, who are going to help really solidify the company. But for the longest, no one that worked there had ever worked at a label before, wow. and we did that by design to you know, not have anybody that's jaded or that has a way that he thinks things are supposed to be done because we, I think when you don't know how things are supposed to be done, that's how you can break barriers and try, try new shit yeah. because you don't just go off of how things were always done. Right. Um, and, you know, down to even little things like when Tiger's record got, went number one at radio, sending plaques to people at radio, like, just little, little small things that will still separate you from 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 other people and showing appreciation to the DJs and 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 to the DJ community would because without the DJs you know what we're doing there's you can be as big as you want on playlists and on the internet and on blogs and stuff like that at the end of the day if people aren't partying to you or driving to work to you or listening to you with with groups of people it's it, culturally it's not going to be the same like you know, when you talk about culture, I think it's what the music that makes people connect and, and, and DJs are always going to be a big part of that. And people forget that. Yeah. When you say um, so, <clears throat> do you take the term independent label offensively? No, I no. love that. I love being independent. 
Um, I love the idea of not having to answer to anybody, not having a board of directors, not having any. We can sign something that's going to lose money if we want just because we like it, mm-hmm. you know, and we can sign stuff and develop it over years. It doesn't have to pop right away. If you sign, when you sign to a major, if your shit doesn't start to go within like a couple you months, a year, like you, you're, you're out of cycle. But, mm-hmm. you know, I've watched us work with artists from day one, from their first records. You know, I love seeing how Amazi went from playing in front of Man. 20 people to now, you know, being mentioned by Kendrick at the Grammys, being on tour, or doing 30, 40 million views on his videos, you know, people like that, or someone like All Black from Oakland who's who's on the come up right now that we've been in the trenches with from the beginning. And that's the shit that's dope to me, yeah. like hearing something, being like, I like this, and then nurturing it and helping it go from A to B to C to D not necessarily skipping all those steps because sometimes when you skip steps when it goes too fast the foundation isn't there Mm -hmm. you know um but yeah i think um i I actually take pride in independent independent label yeah Yeah. and then i was gonna say where where is the 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 art and artist development nowadays because you you really don't i don't really see it as much um it seems like with with the most major labels that's a missing component you know what i mean it's something that's quick fast in a hurry you get something out there we're looking for the for the quick hit um why why is that different for you guys at empire well i think what's funny is i was talking to Gazi about this the other day um and Gazi was like you know i don't think artist development per se has disappeared artist development has went from being in the background to the foreground back back in the day to make a record, you have to get studio time. Mm-hmm. You have to get studio time. You have to have an engineer. You have to figure out how to record. Once you have a song, it still doesn't mean anybody's going to hear it. You yeah. could have as many songs as you want it's until down. you get a deal and somebody puts it out. No one's going to hear it. And then to get a deal, you got to go through certain things, et cetera. And now you can put out your, you see artist development in front of your eyes. Somebody put out the first record on SoundCloud and then the second song and then the first tape. That's all their development mm-hmm. as they're putting things out testing their audience, seeing what's working, uh, getting better at recording, getting better at shooting videos. You see the guy that was shooting a $500 video in front of the liquor store, then shoot like his first video with the green screen, then shoot his first video with the real set. So you're in a way witnessing, witnessing the development real in, in real time because mm-hmm. people can put things out as they do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a way, you know, it, it can make it easy for labels to just find shit that's already moving because it's just the numbers yeah. just show it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what's missing, we mostly see in live shows where you see kids who might have caught a song with 5 million plays and you put them on a stage and put 20,000 people, they don't know how to hold a mic. Right. They don't know what breath control is. <laughs> right. They don't know. But Cupping it's not. The fucking mic. Yeah. But it's not, it's not necessarily their fault. It's like, oh shit, your shit is dope. All right, you got booked. Go perform. You got to go. Yeah. It's not, you going to talk. Oh, yeah. There's no formal training. Yeah, there's yeah. no, there's no formal, formal I mean, training. Only reason was just from our experience, I've seen, I've seen artists that have instant hits. Or, yeah. or that, that that have hits and then they come in to do radio or do interviews and they're not yeah. polished or seasoned enough to have a conversation. And this, I, certain things I get, but it's like yeah. somebody has to at least have a conversation and say, hey, yeah. hit, your, hit your talking points on this or make sure you do this. So just the, the basics when they're coming in and having these conversations to push their product. But the problem is, you know, if that same person isn't doing any of that, but he's still getting his views and he's getting booked for his shows, it don't it don't matter. Yeah. Or it, I guess to them it might not matter, yeah. right? It just depends 
how far you want to go as That's an true. artist, right? Because you might look at because we're talking about rap music for the most part, but then you might look at someone like Anderson Pack, mm -hmm. who who was signed to us for his first two projects, who has all of that, right? Everything yeah. is polished, everything is perfect. He knows exactly how to talk, walk, stand, smile. Like he, you know, that everything is executed at a very high level. But then you might look at, you know, one of our other groups, SOBRB from the Bay. They called <laughs> records off YouTube. Raw. Raw. Right. You know, you know, a bunch of wild kids who, you know, just caught a wave. And then, you know, shit just goes. And you're like, all right, now you're on a 50-city tour. And, yeah. you know, it's 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 crazy. Moving, right? it's, right, right. It, shit goes fast because you don't know how long the wave is going to last either. So people try to get something out of it as, as fast as possible. Right. I mean, you look at Blueface right now. Mm -hmm. He caught he caught a wave and now he's on every record, you know he's on he's on he's on everything. The blue face. Now here's the thing. This is what I was telling somebody. They was like, they were they were like, uh, why you support blue face? This is somebody very big prominent person, right? Mm -hmm. Very big prominent person in hip hop, especially on the west. Was like, yo, why you supporting this garbage? And I'm like, bro. He's like, and he's like, you you your opinion means something, right? Especially in L. A. Why are you supporting this? He's whack, this and that. I'm like, bro, it's not for me. I'm, you know I'm saying, I'm 35 years old. Blueface is not for me. You feel me? So, being that empire, y'all get raw, like you said, raw as to sob. You know, mm -hmm. all these different artists who 19. Mm -hmm. I know shit come in there, and you have to listen. How do you maintain object? Like, how do you be objective about it? You know, it, it, it's funny. Um... I was listening to an interview with Erica Badu a few months ago, and she said something that really, really uh, stayed with me. Somebody asked her, you know, how do you feel about like mumble rap and these <laughs> new generation of rappers and stuff? And, you know, because people like old people love to find a way to talk shit about it, right? And right. Then she said, she said, I love it because music is vibration. Music is about energy and vibrations. It doesn't matter if I understand what Young Thug is saying or not, if it makes me feel good. And that's what the kids are going off of. And now I was listening to it, I was like, you know what? Me of all people, I should understand that because I grew up in Germany. I learned a lot of my English from rap music right. as I was growing up. So when I was listening to All Eyes on Me or when I was listening to Doggy Style, I didn't understand every word that Snoop Dogg was saying. I understand certain things i understand the hooks i understand the curse words i knew like, what he was talking he about oh, okay. but i, I didn't but i didn't necessarily understand everything but i loved the way the music made me feel i liked i, I it, the, the energy of it the the vibration of it and i think a lot of, a lot of the new generation that that's that's really what it is there's a song make you feel good do you have fun listening to it and all that other shit don't matter and if there's two things you don't argue you can't you can't fight the youth and you can't fight technology that's west coast it's, it's, it just is what it is like you just sound old yeah and you know maybe if i wasn't in in the music scene maybe i would be one of the disgruntled older dudes who are talking shit about Thanks. it but i i love it and you know i have friends from germany I remember a few years ago, um, I had a friend from Germany who was coming to visit, and I was like, I'm going to take you to the Future show. He was like, Future? Oh, that's auto-tune, garbage, whatever, whatever. Right. I was like, just wait, <laughs> right. come. And I took him to a Future show, and he became a diehard Future fan. He was like, this was amazing. Crazy. I was like, yeah, because it. you got to experience yeah. it. Yeah. When I first time I heard Lil Jon in Germany on my little computer speakers, I was like, this is 
trash. Why is Too Short working with this guy? This mm -hmm. guy is just screaming on his mute. There's no music. And then 2004, I came to LA. I was mm -hmm. in a club and Get Low came on and I lost my mind. Oh, I was like, it. this shit is amazing. <laughs> you, you know, so you got to experience things in the right setting. You're not going to listen. You're not going to understand certain things if you're just listening to it on your headphones on the way to work or something. You got to experience it in the right setting. And some things work because of social media, like the Tatiana shit, the bust down, whatever, like viral. Instagram and all that plays a part that mm -hmm. plays a part in songs being hot and whether you like it or not that's just where it is and fighting it just makes you sound it's old. the new wave and, and it's so so funny you said that i mean just from our perspective at least for me that when people come with me with that argument i'm like dude i remember when when gangster rap Facts. was first coming in mm -hmm. i remember i don't remember when hip-hop first came in but i remember when gangster rap was coming in and mm -hmm. you know our, our our authorities, our figures, they were turning off the radio. Oh, this is this is crap music. It's not rap music. It's crap. Mm -hmm. It's like no, like this is what we like, and this is what's moving, and this was was moving the needle on our end. So it's like when somebody has that conversation with me now, I'm like, bro, come on, man. Like you remember how it was when LA music was popping at the time, and on top of that, we know how it is when shit gets dried up out here. So why not? Even if you don't, if you even if you don't really go out there and say, look, I love this record denouncing it doesn't help the situation out here as far as us supporting each other. I, I would rather support somebody's situation moving forward and not necessarily have to play their music, but support their movement, what they got going on, because it could catapult something, another situation. And, and, and what's funny is a lot of the, you know, a lot of the criticism is that these kids don't have skills or talent. Right. T-Pain uses auto-tune, but T-Pain can sing can his sing. ass off. Right, right. Future can rap his ass off. Yep. A lot of these dudes, they can do what everyone else is doing Absolutely. if they wanted to, but then you sound like everything else. It's not exciting. There's so much music out there, you got to find a way to cut through the noise. And that's why I think someone like Young Thug is special and incredibly talented because he he stands out. And if you really listen to Young Thug, he can rap his ass off. He got lyrics, he got, he got all of that. But he doesn't present it in the same way that maybe we were used to hearing it back in the day. So... You know, I think I think the beauty of music nowadays is there's so much of it and there's some music out there for everyone. So I don't understand people like I also remember like uh I remember even my mom's reaction when she heard the Marshall Mathers LP. Mm -hmm. When she heard me playing Eminem in my room, mm -hmm. she what? Saying that she, wait, what did he just say? Yeah, right, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, bitch, I'ma kill you. Yeah. You don't wanna fuck yeah, with me. Yeah. Girls too, you ain't nothing but a slut to me. <laughs> bitch, I'm a what yeah. you know what I'm saying like yeah. we bobbing our heads I'm yeah. like yeah, this is the yeah. shit yeah. this is the best shit I ever heard in my life because and fuck we, her and we you were we it? were still the generation where that shock value stuff worked because we weren't used to hearing that like right when Hit Em Up came out Man. like it was exciting to yep. hear somebody talk that shit yeah. Now, yeah. now it's not the shock value isn't there because there's just it's just so oversaturated everybody mm -hmm. says anything and everything is already like so over the top so I don't think that stuff necessarily impresses the kids anymore yeah. but you know it's just always going to be something different so, okay two, a few more things uh shocking right um antics and music and shit like that will you like you said how you separate how you feel with from the business what about stuff that is that you know is deliberately like abrasive or offensive like let's say takashi or like some shit like that on a, like, because obviously you have morals and shit like that. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I mean, based on what you just said about where your family come from, right, right, you obviously right. know. But let's say like somebody on that's completely on the opposite side. Like even when Eminem came out, his rhetoric was very. It was some racism in there. It was some uh, homophobia. It was some homophobia in there. So would you still take that music and put it out 
knowing the messaging in it or behind it. Yeah, I would. I would. Business is business. I mean, it's not even just business is business. To me, it's, you know, people can express themselves. And, you know, I'm... I mean, I grew up on gangster shit. Like, I grew up on shit that, you know, like, I mean, I'm first not... First of all, you from Germany. Right. right. Let's start there. Right. They still got camps set up out there. That, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, they still stay... I'm not saying that they, they operational. Uh, I'm saying you can still go see the camps where they was killing motherfuckers. Right. That shit's crazy. Yeah, right. No, they don't. <laughs> don't push that agenda. Come nah, on, but man. like, you know, I mean, maybe not... Um, it's just different from like Takashi and stuff but you know we caught a lot of flack for signing XXX and for putting out XXX's music because of the woman shit I mean for, for uh, every, uh, everything domestic. everything yeah domestic abuse everything that was out there about him and you know I spent time with him and I, and, I, and I the way I always looked at it was this is a kid who he already has millions and millions of fans and followers his platform is there Empire didn't come in and give this guy a voice or a platform as 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 mature adults who are working with him, all we can do is try to steer this platform in the right direction and and help it. He we don't enable artists. Artists have their own platforms already. All we can do is try to, you know, shape it in a direction or in a way that we think is gonna is gonna help him. Like you know, X was a nineteen nineteen year old kid that an any second could push a button on his phone and have millions of people listening to whatever he's saying in that moment. That's a very powerful thing. And, you know, we, we, we saw the direction that he was headed and we were where he was at as a person. And if I think somebody's a total piece of shit as a human being, then that might be different, but I'm not going to not work with someone because he might be putting out a song that's saying some crazy shit. Gotcha. You know, Um, I'm glad you brought up X. Uh, when, when you, because obviously X is putting his, you guys were putting his music out mm-hmm. through through Empire. Mm-hmm. When you guys found out about him getting shot, like what was that? Was that something more like a, like was it was it personal for you? Was yeah, it like, it was really personal for us because we had just renewed our 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 deal with him. We were just getting ready to really get get started. And I was we were at the office in San Francisco, and actually, uh, I think Gazi was in the meeting. I think he was, in, you know, John Costin. Yeah, I know he John. was sitting. I think John was in the room, and I just walked in his office. I was like, "Yo, can you guys clear the room? We, need, we, gotta, we gotta talk." And I showed him the TMZ thing, and nobody knew what had happened yet. So like, everybody on the way to the Still, hospital and all that. Course. And like, you know, with him being as young as he was, and us working with him, like right as he got out of jail, it was a lot closer. Especially for Gazi, who spent a lot of time with him, and he looked at Gazi as like a, a mentor or somebody that he listened to. He didn't listen to very many people. He was. You know, he had a short fuse, and he was—he—he was—he was, he, he was uh, not always the easiest person to talk into something if he knew what he wanted to do. But he looked at Gazi as somebody that he would listen to, and that he actually took direction from. So that shit—that shit hit us hard. You know, that shit was—that shit was fucked up. So I was—I was talking to somebody the other day who was like, "Well, you know, it probably was good for business." I was—I was like, "Wow." I don't I don't care if it made all of us billionaires. I wouldn't—I would take that shit back immediately right. if I could. That shit is—that shit was crazy like he 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 had a very 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 bright future in front of him if he had beaten the legal stuff that he was facing he had he was in the position with the music he was making and the audience that he had to become one of the biggest artists in the world Mm -hmm. numbers wise he's already there yeah you know he was like the fourth or fifth most listened to artist on spotify in the whole world like that shit is insane um so when he passed that obviously stimulated his his music his numbers and all that shit like that so is it a bittersweet thing like that 
or is it just all bad? I don't think there's any. There's no silver lining. I don't think there's any silver lining. A kid lost his life. Right. So at the end of the day, none of nothing, nothing matters beyond that. You know, I think people are like, oh, well, his streams jump. Well, he streams would have jumped on his next album because exactly. it was amazing. You right. know what I mean? Like he, I don't think, I, I think you got to be a, I think you're a shitty person if you try to find a silver lining in that. There's no silver lining. A kid got murdered. Yeah. You know, and I don't think anything matters past that. Yeah, I feel that. All right, so what, what's what's next for Empire, man? I mean, you, you've, we've talked about the growth and everything that's been happening from the day one, man. What do you guys see see now? What's next for? The I think the one thing that we're missing as a company, we still haven't had that one flagship superstar artist that we grew from within our infrastructure. Or X would have been X would have X would have been him. Got you, got you. You know that that didn't happen. In the beginning of the company, we had a lot of them where the company just wasn't equipped to see something all the way through yet. So like when we did Kendrick, we were doing mostly distribution with some marketing. We weren't equipped to see it all the way through. When we were doing Anderson, Dre ended up stepping in. Um, Drum at the time, when we were doing Drum and the Broccoli record, we did a JV at Atlantic because we didn't have um, the radio staff. That a, we joint did. For, yeah, for a joint, joint venture. A joint venture with, with Atlantic. Um, Fat Joe, Tyga. Bro, y'all huge have some su- big records, though. Huge successes, but all the way up. Yeah, but Fat Joe was already a star. Tyga right. was already somebody a star. I'm talking about like somebody. So- somebody that grew within our system and who's going to wave the flag where people look at him and you're like, oh yeah, that's yeah. Because you see it the other way around. You see artists that are are smart enough to know, okay, oh, this yeah. is the situation. This is where it's at because they've had the major label experience to go back and say right. this makes the most sense. But you're talking about grooming a talent. Getting out there, nurturing them to be, and that's that's the superstar. most exciting part for me is to find find that. And I think you know, it's, we probably already have that artist in the system. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's people like Mozzie for me personally is somebody whose growth has been amazing. You know, he's his work ethic is incredible. Um, you know, he's super dope, and we have a lot of artists that I think have the potential to be that. Um, but at the same time, continuing to super serve that middle class because I think. The big difference between Empire and other companies was that traditionally the big labels, you have to blow up for it to make financial sense for Mm -hmm. the company. Mm -hmm. If you're anywhere in the middle, it doesn't make sense for Mm -hmm. them to put energy into you because they need the big records. Us as a company, the way that we're set up, that's not how it is. We have a lot of artists where you know if, if you're making if you're making 60k a year working at home depot but you could do that rapping in your bedroom why not exactly you know what i mean we have a lot of artists who maybe they're do, maybe they're putting their music out through us maybe that just pays their car note or, or their rent ain't nothing wrong with that music can feed you high with however much of an audience you have if you get in a million streams that's what you get paid for if you get a hundred thousand streams so we try to not to put artists in the hole um, by overspending, but being very realistic about, you know, just supporting something to help it grow. So um, we have a lot of artists that are in that middle space who make a very good living, very comfortable, can put out one or two indie projects a year, go on a tour, sell some merch, and make make a, make a good living, feed their family and keep it pushing and not have to be caught up in all the politics. Bro, I can't. <clears throat> I can't let you go without uh, bringing this up. I know you probably can't get too far into it, but when the show Empire launched, right? Uh-huh. Um, obviously, that was like a big deal, especially for everybody here in California from the West Coast. We was like, "Oh shit!" Like mm-hmm. you know what's going on? Fox Eleven, obviously. Oh, Fox, the the network, TV mm-hmm. network. 
put the show out with Empire, and then that was like a big deal nationally for you guys because mm-hmm. it's like you own the name. Yeah, yeah. We woke up and saw ourselves on TMZ, it was <laughs> and it was like. What? What? Okay, so just, I mean, whatever you can talk about, like, walk me through that. Like, did you guys know ahead of time that the show was dropping, or you found out when everybody else found out? I mean, they never reached out to us. We saw, I think the way we found out was, I think I was typing in Empire on Facebook, and all of a sudden I saw that there was, like, a new Empire page that popped up. But it was a TV show, and I remember, you know, we didn't really trip off of it too, too much in the beginning, because if it's just a TV show, it's just a TV show. And it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But the TV show was putting out records right. under the Empire brand and oh, promoting their that's, that's what the They were promoting was. their artists mm-hmm. as Empire artists. That's so you would have the their gotcha. artists on the radio stations. Oh, we got Empire artists. Yep. So that's what caused a lot of confusion. Like I would be at South by Southwest. I'm wearing an Empire hoodie. And we're like, oh, you're from the TV show. No, like, what Lucius? Like, every, nah. Um, so, you know, but we didn't. We just kept we just kept it pushing, man. We just kept doing what we do, and it doesn't happen anymore. I think we've gotten bigger, and the show has lost some of its steam. And it, I don't know how many seasons. Did you ever watch are. the show? No, I've never seen the show. Not one episode. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> do it. Yeah, they're I live. I live. I live the hip hop industry day in and day out. You I don't need to, to go home right. and then watch a show about it too. Gotcha. That's, I'm, I, I'd rather watch like an animal documentary yeah. or something. <laughs> but there were like litigations and legal shit yeah. and all that shit. And yeah. then, so y'all got it all sorted out. Yeah. Was, yeah, there, any, was there any, ever any like talks about like trying to collaborate maybe? That was our, that was what we had proposed. I think that would have been the smartest thing that to do. That would have been smart. But it, it, it didn't happen because they had their own stuff going on. I think that could have been cool. But, Based on what I've heard, people talk tell me about the show and the way that you know the the, the plot and everything is is written. I don't know if it represents what we stand for Facts. as a company. So you know, know, I haven't seen it, so I can't fully speak on it. But um, you know, we're 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 pretty different, I think, from what the show portrayed. Yeah, you I know. stopped watching after season one. I was, Bro, I was <laughs> done after season one too. Yeah, I'm I couldn't cool. watch it. Um, it's kind of deep, but we'll end all on this note, man. Are you are you personally, uh, with everything going on, a lot of people look at you know the success, and we've seen obviously the glow up over the years, right? Are you personally fulfilled with everything that's going on? Is there anything that you feel like ah, you know what this is all good, but I'm I'm missing this personally? I- no, man. I think you know I, something I learned years ago is that this incessant grind that especially our culture preaches and teaches you is is cool but i think a lot of people grind without a goal and they think that something's going to happen to make them happy but i think happiness is something that you got to choose to be Mm. and you got to enjoy the journey it sounds corny but it's, it's the truth like we have this idea in our and i understand a lot of people in our culture come from um you know, life situations where they don't have much, so you are, you are aspiring to get something. So just grind and get money, get money, get money, but get money until what happens? Right, like right. people have this idea of just get a better car, get a better house, get a it's better girl, get, get a better, get a better. But that's not going to make you. That's not going to make you happy mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Um, you got to just choose to be happy and enjoy enjoy life as it's happening. So. Um, I don't think I'm missing. I don't think I'm missing anything. I think life's been life's been amazing in the sense that 
I was a 14, 15 year old kid who spent my nights listening to records and now I'm living my life doing that. Yeah. And you know, I don't, I never cared. Money, money was never a motivating factor for Ghazi or myself. Ghazi's main motivation is legacy and building something for his community. And for me, it was just living, living, a, living a good life. Like I would never, I don't need much. I don't buy a lot of shit. Yeah. You know, I, I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty simple guy. I listen to music. I smoke my weed and I go home and I chill <laughs> with my girl and I'm, I'm straight. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not. So when, when it's all said and done, what, what do you want your legacy to be about? What do you want people to remember you for? Um, probably somebody that helped correct certain things and, in, in the industry that he worked in, I think the mu the music industry, especially rap music specifically, um, was built by people who didn't have the artist's best interests at heart. Not right. just the artist, but just everything around everything. The, that community. Because you know, if you're if 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 you're an 18 year old kid from the hood, and somebody says, "Here's a hundred fifty thousand dollar advance," and you sign for five albums and you're getting a 15% royalty, which is like an average major label artist deal, that kid doesn't understand sometimes that he's got to recoup, he's got to make a million dollars to recoup the 150 because he's getting 15%. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get another check until you hit a million. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's a lot of artist education that we try to do um, on, on all aspects. And even on the legal side, sometimes, you know, artists can have attorneys, but sometimes attorneys don't necessarily have the right incentives to look out for the artist the right way because you might have an attorney because the artist might not have the means to pay him hourly. They might say, oh, you're going to get a piece of the back end when I get a deal. So mm -hmm. the attorney's goal might be to get the biggest advance right. possible, not necessarily the best deal for the artist. So we spend a lot of time educating artists and I hope that I can continue to do it for a long time. I, I, I haven't gotten tired of it yet. You know, I, I still... Yeah. I always wonder sometimes am I ever gonna get tired of just the music shit, but nah, it's been like sixteen years now and it's it's fun, man. I do wanna give y'all props for Tiger. Just Thank because you. um real quick, um I was on a boat somewhere in Miami with Ghazi. It was we were out there for like I think Revolt Revolt music conference or something like that. Oh yeah, that was yeah. And we were on a boat and the, and me and Ghazi we we ducked off to this little area and and we was talking, like having some real conversation about some whole other shit I know y'all up to. <laughs> anyway, um and he was like, "Yo, head, like, you know, he was asking me what's going on in LA, this and that." I was like, "Bro, like it's stuff going on." He's like, "Hey man, I really believe in Tiger." And I'm like, Tiger <laughs> before so I was like no I was, he was like yeah bro like I think he I think I think he still got it got it in him to 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 pull the shit off and I'm like damn that's fucking dope like you're not even from LA you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying and I know motherfuckers here that don't have the vision or the foresight or the wherewithal to even see see that but and and this was when Tiger's had his low of lowest of lows. You right. know what I'm saying? He just separated himself from that family. Right. He just like he don't have no hit records. He don't right. got nothing. He he's dud after dud. And it's like fuck. So for what for what what y'all were able to do in 2018 with Tiger is really dope to me on some LA shit. Thank you. I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell you why Gazi could see things the way that he does. It's because Gazi is not like us. He does not follow the gossip and social mm -hmm. media blog shit the way that some of us do so the way he looks at it is i got an artist who has had multiple platinum records hit records 
He's only 27 years old. Track record. And he has a track record of making hits. And he has an international fan base because he dated a very famous person. So everybody knows who he is. And all it takes is one record to turn it all around. Fine. And that's really, that's, really what, that's really what it was. And I think with Tyga in the social media world and all that, they had beaten him down so far that he was the underdog again. Exactly. And when you're the underdog again, it's people are win. ready to see you win. Yeah. And that's how and that's how the cycle goes. Like they beat him down so far and all of a sudden it's like, all right, now let's put him back up here. When the right record comes, mm-hmm. as the day taste dropped, I was reading Twitter. I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. Anytime we would drop songs on Tiger, there'd be hella people talking shit. Yeah. That song dropped and other every- way around everything changed the way it was all of a sudden it was like people wanted to champion him oh yeah it's time for tiger to come back oh tiger 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 but he already had the catalog where if you go he's he's playing one oak tonight if you go see him he has that man has 30 minutes of just smashing yeah hit records yeah, i know like he can really carry a festival set a concert and he's a great performer girls like him girl i mean he was he dated one of the Right. Most famous people in the world. Yeah. Like when I tra- cause I travel and when I'm in Asia or Europe, like, everybody knows who Tyga is. And a lot of people and that's that, that's the, the the key here is people in the music industry care about all this all the gossip and everything going on around it. But the masses and like the average girl who's listening to music, they don't give a fuck. If the song sounds good in the club or right. on the radio, they're gonna listen to it. They're gonna listen to it. A couple of names I want you to walk out of here remembering. Cypress Moreno, Rosecrans Vic. Who am I missing? Um, DJ Bugsy. Uh, DJ Artistic. DJ Artistic. DJ Artistic. I love that guy. DJ Artistic was one of the guys um, that he used to be on on the message boards on Dub CNN, yep. and he was Merce's cousin. Yep. And I think I met him on like Merce, on the video shoot. Merce was shooting the LA video, and he was signed to Warner at the time, and he had the Merce for President album. And we connected, and then we reconnected a few years later when he hit me, and he was like, yo, I got this K-Dot mixtape from before Word. The, the EP. Like when it's first, first, first thing he ever did mm-hmm. is never been on the internet. Let's drop it on Dub CNN, and I was like, <laughs> "Let's do it." So, but at that time, we were, I was still I was doing both yeah, Dub yeah. and Empire. So, we get everything ready. I'm like, "This shit's gonna break the internet," because he was he was it was crazy. And then the night before we dropped it, I hit I hit Dave Free. I was like, "Yo, we're about to put this out." And he was like, "Stop! <laughs> do not put that out. You Season cannot drop that." Yeah. I was like, "Fuck! Uh, why did I hit him right. up?" But I, it was different because I have a business relationship <laughs> with them too. Exactly. So. It you makes know, sense. But so that that I remember that. And then now I've just been following him on Twitter and watching his come up, oh, man. Yeah. I've seen him on, on Insecure, yep. DJing. I see him doing big shit, man. I, I, I saw his little uh the the mix that he did with B2K and like for the tour, that shit going viral. He's dope, man. I fuck he, with he, artists. He's something that has he has the knowledge in it's music, a, man. It's it's a lot of a lot of curators out here in LA that's that's doing their thing. There's a few people, man. Yeah, I, I wasn't familiar feel, with the other names that you mm-hmm. mentioned. You're gonna have to send me I'll send, send me to the Instagram too, pages. For real is, is amazing. Like it's just okay. certain people that I feel like um need to be on the radar. Shout out to my bro Gentry. Been putting hella work out here in the streets. Love Gentry. And um so yeah, I just wanted to make that be known. It's all good. My new Nima, man, I've I've never attempted to say your last name because I knew I was always gonna fuck it up. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's Etminan. 
Etminan. Yeah, it's funny. It's really not complicated, but in English, there are no words that have. I've, I've analyzed this because people always fuck it up. <laughs> like, why? It's the M following the T. It's E T M I N A N. But the M following the T is what throws people off. Right. And people stumble over yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I just looked at it like, you know, I'm going to fuck that up. I'm not going yeah. to try. People so. just say Nima Empire. Yeah. It used to be Nima Dub CNN. Exactly. Is there still affiliation with Dub CNN? Like, no, I think there's still people like posting on there and stuff. But I think, I think the thing about Dub CNN is that it's the concept of it is not relevant anymore when i when i was growing up you had people listen to music like that oh i listen to west coast music yeah. i listen to southern music oh i like crunk or i like this or mm -hmm. i like that's that's not the that's case anymore right. because the sounds have merged so much myself if you like schoolboy q you're probably gonna like asap rocky yep. and you're probably gonna like big crit or whatever like everything I think streaming has mixed it all together, so people don't listen to music by region anymore. Mm. Oh, no, no, no. last question. Uh, so we went from radio, blah, blah, uh, blogs. I mean, radio, blogs, streaming. Mm. What's next? <laughs> um, What's after streaming? What's uh, going to cancel out streaming services? If anything is going to cancel it out, I don't think we know what it is yet. Honestly, um, I think. Virtual reality. I think I think I think playlisting is is interesting because people went from only having the CDs that are in your store available to you to all of a sudden every song in the world available to you mm -hmm. and the average person doesn't want to have to think that deep about what they want to listen to. That's Facts. why DJs are important. That's why these playlists are important now. But in a way, I think playlists are making things generic too because. The biggest playlist like rap caviar and stuff like that that's for the world right mm -hmm. so you got 10 million 20 million followers or whatever that's global and it's one person programming or two people programming right. this thing for the world whereas in radio what, what what you play in mix show might be different from what the person plays in bakersfield might be different with the place person is playing in fresno you had a lot more variation and a lot more uh regional uh differences on on radio and i think that's what's missing now because streaming is only going off of numbers and kids just listen to music more than older people so all the big playlists skew really young mm -hmm. and it's hard to find a place for the generational artists that are a little bit a little bit older even if you look at like if you look at rap caviar which is the biggest playlist in the rap playlist in the world what are you going to do when jeezy or 50 cent or these guys drop new records you can't put that in between a little pump and Lil Uzi mm -hmm. and and that stuff. We experienced that with the Lil Duval record. Lil Duval's Living My Best Life yes. was the number one song at radio. Um, uh, and it was a huge record, but it just wouldn't perform in the playlist because it the, the, it doesn't fit sonic, sonically gotcha. with a lot of the right. records that are in there. So I think what's really, what we really need is more fragmentation in the curation of the of the music maybe like a collaborative like a cloud like a cloud collaborative collaborative uh playlist but like like you can in. program from germany he can program from la i can program from san francisco yeah, and maybe. we collaborate on one playlist and somehow like that maybe yeah i mean i think what spotify is doing with their like discover weekly playlist is interesting because it just surfaces songs based on things you've listened to and things, stuff like that but i don't know if something is going to replace streaming in that sense i think what streaming subscriptions are doing is the same way like we look at tv like you have your t cable subscription and you t tune in when you want to watch something and i think it's the same thing with same thing with music you want it right now on demand yeah but who knows what's gonna come yeah i mean shit 
Well, when you know, goddammit, I want in. <laughs> All right. All right, bet. Well, dude, Nima, we appreciate you coming on through, man, sharing the game as always. Thanks for always having me. Thanks for being a homegrown homie, man. Uh, I know you got a lot of things to do, and, and congratulations on all the nominations. Uh, Thank you. For, for this weekend, and, man, much love and much success. I know we'll be talking pretty soon, bro. Appreciate Nima it. Nima up in here, homegrown radio, Chuck Dizzle, DJ Head, and we West out. Coast.